Hello, and welcome to this episode of Playing in the Sandbox Conversations in Pedagogy. My name is Katherine Troyer, and I am delighted to be joined by Lauren Malone. Hi, everyone. origin stories of this podcast is that I created it because I was trying to figure out what separates good from great professors. And I kept coming back to this idea of play. And I think it's both about finding ways to play with your students and play as a form of learning. But it's also about playing as you're creating acts of of learning. And so that's what we're going to ask you to do with us today is to engage in some play and some imagination. Lauren, what are they going to be imagining? So basically, as we think about how to rework our courses, redesign our courses, or just add onto our standing courses, I think that a good metaphor for that is basically extreme home makeover of the show um, or any of the property shows where they go in, bust stuff up and build it back um, all bright and shiny and new. So this is extreme course makeover. Yay. This is very exciting. Yes. So we thought about the formula, right? Because all of these shows, and it's even, as you pointed out in our last episode, Lauren, it's even other shows that are about renoing, like when you go to the flea market and get stuff that you're making into new creations, right? There's a really pretty explicit formula of exactly what happens in every show, sort of regardless of who the hosts are, who the contestants are, what the theme is. So what we have done is we've taken 10 of those elements that we feel show up in most home renovation shows. And we are going to show you how to think through that lens, but when it comes to renoing your dream course, right? And so thinking about your course instead. So the first thing that happens in almost all of these shows is the introduction to your heroes. These are the people who are desperately looking to have a new home or a renoed home. And depending on the show, sometimes there are people that are in peculiar circumstances, right? They're the the people who identify as part-time volunteers, but they have like a $2 million budget. And you're (laughs) like, huh, how do I have a $2 million budget? But sometimes it's people who have expanded their families and their homes are no longer the right size or they're making decisions or changes in their life. But you spend a good chunk of the start of any one of these shows getting to know your heroes. In your courses, your students are your heroes. And it's important to get to know them on a, on a number of different levels. And you can build this into any course as you're redesigning it. So first, think about who your students are based on the information you already know in terms of, are they sophomores taking this class? Are they primarily majors? Do they come from a number of disciplines because it's meeting a pathways or a gen ed requirement? But also, I think it's really important to build time into that reno at the very start of the semester to get to know them in terms of who are they actually? What are their particular and unique needs and challenges? But also, what are their sources of joy and excitement? What can you do to make them be as excited as possible when this course is unveiled for them? And the next part of this, if you watch these shows, you'll see once you get to know your heroes, they'll 
have plans. And sometimes these plans are unrealistic, (laughs) (laughs) but they have an idea of what they're imagining for their new home. And so if we're applying that to our course design, really what we're thinking about is that backwards design or strategic planning of the course. And so what I tell people all the time is in terms of when I like gamify courses is start with a problem or an issue that you're having in classes. But that's not just for gamification. It's for any type of remodeling of our classes, starting with, okay, I've been doing this for this long. This is the thing that always comes up in the class and then design backwards from that. And so sometimes this looks like restructuring assignments. Sometimes it looks like just reconceptualizing the pathway through the course that the students take every day during the semester, but getting that strategy together in order to be able to see what the end goal is, is important. And what's important about how this part unfolds on these shows is they're really specific, right? They'll be like, we have 17 children, but only one half bath. And you're like, okay, then. And they're like, (laughs) we need to have at least two or three bathrooms. But they'll also point out the things that are working. They'll say, you know, our favorite thing to do is to have everyone hang out together in the living room. And so we want to make sure that we still have a big common space. And so, Lauren, you're you're so correct that that's one of the best ways to begin thinking about renovating your course is to think really explicitly about what is that problem, that one specific problem you're hoping to address, and what is that one design element, if there is one, that you really keep like and want to keep. I think that's very important. And this fits nicely with the next part of of any of these shows, and that is that most of them, not maybe all of them, but all the ones I can think of off the top of my head, have multiple hosts. Sometimes they are frenemies, and they are sort (laughs) of competing against each other. Sometimes they are married people who love each other. Sometimes they're married people who don't seem to love each other. But (laughs) there's always some sort of connection, and we always have a couple of people. And this is really important because the different hosts bring different things. So sometimes it's that one host is in charge of the actual construction and one host is in charge of the interior design. Or sometimes it just means that they have different sort of like desires or goals in mind for helping the heroes achieve their dreams. You will probably not be team teaching, but that doesn't mean that you can't take advantage of this sort of multiple host feeling. So you need to be prepared to to be wearing multiple hats when you're renoing your course. So you need to be willing to be an optimist and to say, sky's the limit. You know, if I want them to learn how to fly through the air as part of this OCHEM class, then they will do it. But then you also need to be able to temper that with the sort of realistic side of, okay, but since we haven't invented the ability for each of us to have our own flying packs, uh, one of the things we could do instead is, right, so you need to be optimist and realist. You need to be builder and designer. You need to be thinking on a sort of construction level and on an aesthetic level and realize that what the shows do, what those shows always do is all of them, both hosts will be working, but there's certain times when the show will shine on one one job versus the other, right? So it's about figuring out when do I need to be these different things as I'm thinking about renewing my course. Yeah. And if you're watching some of the shows that are like love it or list it, for example, where they have some construction stuff, but they also have just showing of properties, you're usually going to get to a part of the show where the realtor asks, okay, so what do you want? And 
they will say the wildest things. They will say yes. that they want an 18 bedroom Tuscan ranch on eight acres in Colorado. Right. <laughs> and the host will take them and they'll show them that 18 bedroom Tuscan ranch on eight acres in Colorado. But then they'll say, um, you know, this is a $6 million home and your budget was 300,000. So. It's always one of my favorite parts. It was watching Absolutely. their faces fall when they're, cause they're so excited. They're like, it's perfect. <laughs> it's exactly what we want. Yeah. But you know, so when we're designing or redesigning our courses, we, we kind of have those really high hopes and dreams. And for me, that looked like, okay, I'm going to gamify my, my comp two course top to bottom. We're going to have leaderboards. We're going to have point systems. We're going to have badges. We're going to have a full-blown story and character arcs and all of this stuff. And then I sat back with that <laughs> for yeah. a second and realized, no, no, that's not what we're going to do. So we want to design for what we have, first of all, and most importantly, the energy for, yes. right? I don't have the energy to come into class in character every day, oh my but also be keeping up with their character arcs as if this is a D&D campaign. Absolutely do not have the time or energy for that. So we want to design for what we have the energy and time to do, but also what we have the resources to do. So when I at first gamified my course, I was at a campus that had Canvas as their learning management system, and they had a fully tricked out set for Canvas. So they had Studio and they had Delphinium. So they had like actual gamification software built into the learning management system. And then you go other places and other places have completely different systems. And so your resources change over time, or maybe your school even switches up the resources that you have. So when you're designing, you want to think about that as sort of the, the trifecta of reality that you're trying to place yourself in, in terms of what time you have, what energy you have, and what resources you have. Because the truth is, is that designing a course is hard. I think in some ways, revamping or, or renovating a course can be harder because you're sort of working within existing constraints. Often the classes, you know, going to be happening much sooner. This isn't the dream class that you might teach in five or 10 years. It's the class you need to have prepped for next semester. So it really is important to be thinking about the dreams versus the reality and prioritizing what is what is available, what can be accomplished. Because it's not just your time, resources, and energy. It's also the fact that that this class has certain boundaries, right? It's going to happen within a quarter or it's going to happen within a semester. It's going to happen within students' lives who are taking other courses and are probably working or doing other extracurriculars. And I'm not saying that, that you should cater to every situation and, and compromise what you think the course needs, but it does mean that you need to prioritize. So one of the things that happens on, on any of these shows is after they show them the, the house of their dreams and they're like, it's perfect. And then, you know, they find out it's going to be so much more. Then the hosts come back to them and they say, okay, so you're not going to be able to have everything on your wish list. So what is going to be more important to you? A big backyard or a big living room? Living closer to work or having a more affordable mortgage? And and then that's when our heroes sort of sit down and have to think about it. So you need to do something similar. 
Sometimes having every single bell and whistle is not only unfeasible for you, but it also creates so many additional things that your students can sort of lose sight of, of what is most significant and important in class. And by balancing the dreams versus reality with the prioritization, I think it also helps to ensure that you don't fall into that trap of, of content is king, where you're like, well, I sure would love to talk about DEI issues, but I can't because we have to go through the following formulas. You can say, well, actually, if DEI is that important, right, if this is what I feel is significant this semester, then I will put that at the center and then make sure that everything else is sort of around it. So it's, it's dreams versus reality and prioritization of features, I think, go really importantly hand in hand. And the next step right after that prioritization of features and our heroes tell our hosts exactly what they want, you usually have a host that gets kind of sneaky um, <laughs> and shows them something that they explicitly said that they did not want or something that is outside of the sort of circle of priorities, but the host thinks that it would be good for them and good for their living situation. And so a lot of times when we're redesigning courses, we have that same moment of, oh, I never knew I wanted this until I saw it going. And so we can lean on each other in terms of experts in course design in order to really figure out what are those new ideas that are out there that maybe I hadn't heard of yet, or maybe I have heard of, but I haven't, you know, had the time or energy to really look into. I know that so-and-so is doing this in their class. Let me go talk to, to them. Lean on the experts around you and your colleagues for new ideas. I think for me, one of the really challenging things about renovating your dream course, as opposed to building it from the ground up, is that there are some sort of existing structures in place. And that may mean that you've already submitted something to your curriculum council, and so there's certain things you have to do. It may mean that it meets certain gen ed requirements, and so there are certain things in that way. Or it could be that it's part of a course that is taught by lots of different people. And so you, there are certain things everyone has to keep together. And that can be really, really challenging. So I think it's helpful to remember that there comes that point in any one of these episodes where the hosts are like, you know what, this has some good bones, some weird quirks we can fix, but some good bones. So you should feel sort of freed by that moment of being able to take everything down to the studs and build it back up. What's neat about those shows is there's always that moment where someone has a vision of how it could be. And they're like, no, I know you can't picture this right now, but these seven little bedrooms will become one master bedroom. And they're like, I can't see it. But then they take it down to the studs, right? Only the walls have to stay there. Everything inside and even some stuff on the outside can be can be changed. So don't worry about like, well, I did this before, so I'll just keep doing it. Take it down to the studs, but build it back up. But also keep what works, right? There's usually something in the home <laughs> that it doesn't need to be fixed and, and cling to that so that you can kind of remember that you had something good. It just needs to be updated for your new needs, right? It's not that it was a bad home. It's that it's a home that no longer works for them. So I think that's kind of a helpful thing to think about. And then on the other side of the spectrum, you always have that moment. And for those of you who watch Chip and Joanna, like I do, this is the usually the part where Chip like runs through a wall. Yes. Um, but this is the moment where there's the, oh no, there's asbestos in these walls revelation, or there's something that is going terribly wrong. So it might be something that they weren't expecting uh, in terms of the house or something is more expensive than they thought it was going to be. But 
it's something that is sort of casting a shadow on the future plans of this house. And when we look at our courses, a lot of times we have those things that are like asbestos in our walls, basically. (laughs) Sometimes they're things that we've like stubbornly clung to that we just need to rip it out. (laughs) And sometimes it's things that we never really knew why they were there in the first place, or they're just kind of left over from teaching practice that we used to do that we don't even do anymore. But sometimes you do have to, you know, rip out some walls and adjust for the new situation, just like Katie was saying. But it's kind of a good thing when these things happen because it gives you a picture of what you're working with at that point. Because I'm sure we've all been in the situation where we're teaching a brand new course and we're excited about it. This is something that we've designed. And then we get to the end of it and we're like, whew, that was a rough one because all of the things that, you know, pop up during the semester were all these new things that had to do with the course. So when you are redesigning or remodeling a course, having those things pop up at that point gives you an outlook for your course that you can actually sort of modify for at that point. And, you know, you'll still have the surprises during the semester, but it'll be, you know, oh, this is a surprise door that we have in this weird place and not a surprise leak or electric fire. What I like about what you said is, is that I have a tendency to want to renovate sort of immediately, right? I do it once and then I immediately want to put in a revision and, and that's exhausting, to be perfectly honest. I, I heard someone say that they were going to give themselves permission to wait through three cycles of a class before they made any major renovations. And I think that's really important because this, this being aware of, of your pitfalls or the things that are problematic can only happen if you've been doing it right like they first off the hosts always are like no just to let you know i'm pretty sure this this is going to be an issue or and then there's the unexpected stuff but it just reminds me of the fact that for the most part these shows don't feature people who've never lived in a space before right they're not like no i know you've never lived in a house before but what would you want and they're like i don't even know i mean that's kind of house hunters international but most of them are you know like I know exactly what I want because I've been living with the alternative. So I think that giving yourself permission to sort of celebrate what's wrong so that you can fix it is is really neat. One of the best parts about these shows, though, is that they are there's a there is a really limited time period in which everything is happening and they don't do everything right. Rarely do these shows fix every room, every bathroom. So one of the things to go back to Lauren's example is you don't have to completely gamify every single element right away right like because you have versions of the class that you've taught that like have been gamified more over the years right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely so do you, what do you think is, is a, an example of a class that has become increasingly gamified every time you've taught it i would say my business communication course Um, because at first it was really just they ran their own business individually and they had their own website that they had to put together. But when I started thinking towards the issue that I was having about them doing all of their projects solo and then all of a sudden at the end of the term being thrown into a team and expected to work together, that's when I started thinking, okay, okay, we can turn that into, we can turn the solo business into group businesses that gives them involved in a group 
earlier in the semester. And, you know, then we can add the idea of this is professional development so that they can be working on their resumes at the same time. And they can go on the job market, scare quotes, if mm-hmm. they are the only person on their in their team that's working. And so just those little things as like semester after semester when I taught it, thinking about, okay, we're just going to expand the narrative a little bit more. First, it's going to touch just on kind of the in-class activities. And then the next semester, it's like, okay, I got to incorporate the assignments now because they're feeling a disconnect and then so on and so forth until you look around and your course is fully gamified. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's so lovely. And and sometimes when the hosts of these HDTV type shows find the asbestos in the walls, they end up having to come back and say, you know, we had to spend $15,000 on that. So unfortunately, at this time, we weren't able to get to the second bathroom, right? And, and I think that's a really important part of remembering that, you know, you can be working on renovating your dream course over a period of time. But eventually, one of the neat parts about the show is that there's always a, a very clear end to the episode. And this is the the moment when one of the hosts is picking last minute throw pillows, you know, and choosing the backsplash. I mean, it's the cosmetic elements and it's the just sort of the nice little touches. And I think it's really important to remember that those little touches make a big difference. They don't have to be all the time. They don't have to be everywhere. But you are looking to make your course, this is really cheesy, a home, right? And, and so you want your students to feel welcome. So what are some of the little moments throughout the course that you can add just little shiny details that will really help people to see who you are and feel welcomed in your environment? And one of those, just to get started, is your course page. So whatever learning management system you have, there's always a way to add pictures or add a banner, or even if you can't customize what the, you know, what the system looks like, you can customize what your course looks like. And so that's one of the little things that you can kind of tie into if you're, you know, renovating for new content, having the pictures all really highlight that new thing that you're bringing into the class, whatever the case may be. And then the last thing, and this is kind of something that takes place throughout the entire show, but it always kind of comes to fruition at the very, very end of the show. They've done the reveal of the house. We've gotten the oohs and ahs, and then we hit the emotional backstory where it comes full circle. So usually at the beginning, there's some sort of emotional backstory. So the family has this tiny house, but they have a barn that's been there for centuries. And so the ending of the show, it'll be something really emotional where like they had to take down the barn. Yes, but they made the family's entire like dining room table and chairs from the wood that they recycled or something like that. Um, So when you have this in your class, you want to think about it not necessarily as an emotional backstory, but your through line um, in the course. And so again, bringing those things that we liked, but also thinking about what is just the through line in your thinking. Why is this course important to you? Why is it still important to you even after you've completely changed it or renovated a few units? And remembering that emotions are our friends. And so looking at the course as something that feels right after the renovation is important. We realize that for those of you that are not big on metaphors, particularly not extended metaphors, this episode may have felt like 
a lot or you may be really skeptical but the truth is is this formula is so very tried and true i mean it's how chip and joanne have built an empire it's how ben and aaron have uh, from hometown have more or less transformed entire towns that just are them right like it's all of their properties that they've revamped this is this is a formula that is guaranteed to help you think through the renovation process and of course they're doing it with homes but we guarantee you that you can do this exact same thing with a course so we encourage you to find a course that maybe once really worked for you or really worked for your students but now due to extenuating circumstances due to just the changes of life the changes of content or the changes in, in what you now know in terms of pedagogy you just want it to be improved upon. And don't be afraid to put the extreme part in there, right? Treat this as something where anything has the potential for at least a little bit of time to be on the list of, of options. And then work through your constraints, right? Because we don't want you to burn out doing this. Uh, there's a reason that each episode only spans a certain period of time. There's a reason that all of these people take breaks during the holidays and summers. And so you need to, to do something that feels authentic and, and doable for you, but also has the potential to really create this wow moment. Cause that's one of my favorite parts of any of these shows other than the, like when everyone looks sad, but I really like it when they all look happy and they, they realize that this thing that had become a burden to them is now a source of joy and happiness, right? It's somewhere where they feel comfortable and they feel like they belong. So for our next set of podcasts that we're going to be doing podcast episodes that we'll be doing, we are going to go back to our summer book club yay really excited this this summer because we found out that there was actually a sequel to dear committee members called the shakespeare requirement so we are going to continue reading about the adventures of our our main protagonist i won't call him a hero (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't think he can be a hero So if you are here at Trinity University and you want to get a book through the collaborative, we will have a RSVP list going out in our next collaborative newsletter. If you are not here at Trinity, you are still very much allowed and encouraged to participate in the read-along, but you will have to secure your book by Julie Schumacher on your own. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.